0: The following is audio from the Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about the Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Good morning again. <laughs> you gotta see that smile huh? You, gotta see that smile you know when Daniel uh told me about the new sermon series, Worry, and then he asked me last week, do you want to preach? And I'm like, I exemplify worry right now because of what has happened to me. So I'm not going to miss on that opportunity to speak uh, this morning. And so, so good to be with you guys this morning. I'm just going to pray and then we will dive right in. Jesus, Jesus, we come to you this morning with humble hearts, praising you for your goodness, your love, your mercies, your protection. We thank you for your heavenly gift that you continue to bestow on us even when we do not deserve it. As we gather before you this morning, Lord, We pray for the presence of your holy spirit to move us to speak to our hearts just want to pray for anyone here who is holding on to a burden jesus i just pray that you will uh, visit that person just touch their heart and take that burden off of them so that they can enjoy being with you enjoy fellowshipping with one another and so we invite you in our midst this morning and may you be praised in all that we do. Speak to us through your word, and may we not only be the hearers of your words, but the doers of it. Thank you for this we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So uh, last week, Danielle uh, started with the new series, Do Not Worry, A Better Approach to a Difficult Day. And the intro is this, worry is a great way to waste your life. If you want to waste your life, take something that is out of your control and let it consume you. Jesus confronts three concerns that often control us, worry about life, worry about stuff, and worry about the future. In this short series Jesus invites us to a better way to approach our worries seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well and so last week Daniel preached on life worry and then this morning I'll be preaching on stuff worry and so my big question this morning is why do I why do you why do we worry about stuff and even doubt god's provision for us that's the big question why do we do that and of course the big idea will be the same uh, throughout this sermon series which is we have to seek the kingdom of god and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto us And so our scripture this morning is in Matthew chapter 6, verses 28 to 33. And so if you have your Bible, uh, you can follow along with me. Matthew chapter 6, verses 28 through 33. I read, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of this. If that is how God clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will He not as much clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, "What shall I? What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear?" For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well i i feel like this is a sermon for me (laughs) because (laughs) February first was a beautiful day, and usually during holidays, uh, I coach soccer. During any holidays, I gather my boys for pickup soccer games, and I usually play uh, soccer Sunday mornings uh, with a bunch of guys uh, with Carl. And so that's what I was doing. It was a beautiful day, doing my fa- one of my favorite things in the world, and you know we're playing, we're all having fun. And I think my team was winning too. Carl can confirm that he's there. So there was no reason to worry. And I started playing from the back because we had a lot of young kids and I wanted them to have all the fun. And so I was taking it easy at this point. And I remember somebody passing me the ball with no one around me and all I did was pass the ball back and I heard a pop and I went down immediately. And I think Carl heard the pop too because he got really concerned and him and a few guys ran over to me. And they took me off the field. (laughs) You know, I laid down and then I put my uh, left uh, leg on a soccer ball and I was just trying to massage it a little bit. You know, sat on the sideline for about 15 minutes And then I was feeling better, and then I decided, you know what, let me try walking and see. (laughs) I stood up, took a step, and I regretted it because I, at that point, I ruptured my Achilles tendon, and it was painful. And at that point, you know, I called Carl and a a few guys, and they came in, uh, took me off the field. I called Felicity, went to the emergency room, And yeah so it stinks I hope none of you get to experience that (laughs) yeah and immediately I went down my first worry is I won't be able to work as a carpenter you know and I won't be able to work and then I got envious of people who work in the shipyard because y'all always tell me stories of, I go to work and I don't do anything, I get paid (laughs) and I'm like, that's what I need right now? (laughs) Are they hiring? (laughs) I'm just kidding, I know you guys do something. (laughs) But I wish I had a job like that. (laughs) I have a baby coming in June, I'm like, Lord, what the heck? You know, I need to be out there, I have jobs lined up, I planned the entire year. I need to be busy. And then I have this, and then I started researching. And it's like, it's going to take six months to a year for it to completely heal. And I just went nuts. I'm like, that's not going to be me, because I'm going to do whatever it takes to be out there. Anyway, the more I worried, I realized that I could not change what happened. What happened has happened. And... I have to live with it, trust God that he loves me and wants the best for me, and to leave my anxiety away because he has a plan for me. Yes, my worries are legitimate, but I am God's son and he's got me, right? And so that is what Jesus is talking about this morning. And so I I love that the passage starts with, Why do you worry about what to wear? And I remember, I was probably around 11. You know, growing up in Nigeria, we didn't have much. We were very poor. And I didn't have a lot of clothes either. And I remember I had two pairs of pants for church, two jeans. And I always kept them clean because that was all I had. I remember coming home one day. And I was going through my drawer, and one of my pants was gone. And I asked my mom, what happened? And she said there was a kid who uh, came over. He was hungry, and she fed him, and she realized that he was basically wearing rags. And so she gave him one of my pants. And it was my favorite church pant, too. And I got really upset. I'm like, it's not your pants to give. I only have two pairs of pants for church. Why would you do that? And my mom said, he didn't have any. At least you have two. And that is why I took it and gave it to him. And that day I learned a lesson about sharing. And, I, and that's just who my mom is. My mom will give the last food we have to, at, in the house to a stranger. And so, but... When Jesus brings up clothing, why we worry about it, he's not only focused about what we wear, right? Jesus is focused about everything. Jesus is focused about all the stuff and sometimes they are legitimate stuff, right? We need money to do a lot of things. We need clothes to cover ourselves. There are basic necessities of life that we need. And when we don't have them, we worry. And so Jesus is asking, why do you worry about this thing?" And as I was reading this, I thought of three reasons for why we worry. Three things happen when we worry. The first is, when we worry, we question God's love and integrity. I'll repeat that again. When we worry, we question God's love and integrity. Because when we worry, we declare that our heavenly father is untrustworthy. And his words and promises are not true. Think about the many promises that we find in scripture. And I'm just going to go through a few uh, with you guys. And if you want to write them down, please do. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Do not be anxious for anything, but in prayers and supplication, made your request known to your heavenly Father. And then Romans chapter 8, verse 28, And we know that in all things, God works together for good for those who are in Christ Jesus. There are about 8,000 of these promises in scripture, promises that God made for us, his people. So when we worry about stuff, we are basically telling God that he cannot be trusted and that we do not care about his promises, promises that we can open scripture and are dear for us. Promises that we have tasted in our lives before. But because something has happened now, we forget completely about those promises and we begin to doubt and question God. Can God lie? No. Can God be trusted? Absolutely, because he is the only one who can be trusted without doubt. And so if God is not the problem, who is the problem? Us. We are the problem. And we are the problem because we forget. We forget. Can you, you know, you read the Old Testament and the word remember, remember, remember is there too many times. Right? Right? And the Israelites forgot all the time. And we cannot judge them because we are guilty of the same thing. Remember, remember, remember. You know, my, my, my upbringing wasn't uh, great. You know, like I shared earlier, I grew up very poor. And, you know, my dad was an accountant, worked for the government. My mom uh, stayed at home and took care of us. But, you know, I, I grew up in, in a military dictatorship. You know, and so the resources and the wealth of the nation only went to a few. And so my dad will work for months without getting paid for his salary. And it was the same for a lot of people. And so if we ate one meal a day, it was a good day. You know, I, I, I hear people saying, you know, kids should go to school with full stomach. That wasn't my experience going up. Most morning I woke up, got dressed pray, and I look at my mom and my dad, and my mom will hug me and say, it's going to be okay. When you come home, by God's grace, there will be something for you to eat. So I'll go to school hungry for the entire day. And I'm like, why would you say something like that? There's no food at home. Where will you get food? And so why will you tell me when I come home, there's going to be food to eat? And lo and behold, when I come home, There's always something to eat. My mom had so much faith, and I wish I have that faith. And it's great to have somebody that close that I can look up to and and see her relationship of how she trusts God, especially during difficult times. And I can remember God's goodness so many times in our lives when we didn't have nothing all we had to do is just kneel in our room pray and God always found a way to sustain us and I saw that through my upbringing but that didn't stop me from worrying that hasn't stopped me from worrying right I have this amazing stories about of going back and just seeing God showing up in miraculous ways I, I can remember this day still vividly in my head It was a Sunday, and we were all home with no food to eat. And we prayed that morning. And my mom was confident that we won't last the entire day without food, that God will provide. And out of nowhere, a guest visited us. I don't even remember who that person is. He brought loaves of bread and gave my mom money. And I looked at my mom like... (laughs) how did you know? And she said, this is what happens when you trust God. And I have many of these stories that I can remember of God taking care of me and my family and many others. And yet, when I'm in trouble, I still worry. But God is not the problem. Because we know all of our lives he's been faithful. Faithful. When something happens today, we can't even look back tomorrow and see how faithful God was. But we don't tend to focus on those things that he has done for us. Instead, we focus on the present and we worry. And so God does not lie about his promises. God can be trusted. But we can't. Because we so easily forget. And so when we worry, we tell God, I don't care about what you say in your word. Because since I'm in trouble now, it doesn't mean anything to me. The second reason for when we worry is that it shows that we are mastered by our circumstances and by our limited perspective and understanding rather than by God's words. And so when when we worry, we forget and dismiss the fact that God is the maker and the giver of all things. When we worry, we take matters into our own hands and we start playing God. I like to fix stuff. That's just me. I know if it's a guy thing, but whenever there's a problem, like, God, I got this. You gave me a brain. I'm going to figure it out. Except now I'm like, I don't got this. I need the doctors to put my leg together again so I can go back to what I'm doing. And I I love that Jesus gives the illustration of the flowers, right? Who do not labor and do not do anything, and yet they're beautiful. And Jesus says, even Solomon in all of his glory doesn't even look as good as these flowers. And if Jesus can do that flood of flowers, what about you? Who he fearfully made, who he created in his own image, you who are his prized possession. And kids, stop playing God. Because God, He's got He's got it. Even before you ask, He knows what you need, right? And so when we worry, we take His place. And Jesus is saying, don't do that. And the last point that I want to make for worrying is that worrying is unreasonable to our faith. Worry is unreasonable to our faith because worry is a characteristic of unbelief. Those who have no hope in God naturally put their hope and expectations in the things that they can enjoy now. They have nothing to live for but the present and their materialism is perfectly consistent with their religion. They have no God to supply their physical or spiritual needs, their present or eternal needs, so they are ignorant of God's supply and have no claim on it. No heavenly father cares for them, so there is reason to worry. And that's why Jesus gave the example of Gentiles. Worry is something Gentiles do, and Gentiles are... People who have no faith in Jesus do you have faith in Jesus yes you do and so why do you do what the Gentiles do that was Jesus's point why do you worry like the Gentiles do they live for the present but you don't because of your heavenly father we have hope we have a father who knows what's in our heart, even before we speak, we have a father who wants the very best for us. And so when we worry, we act like Gentiles. And I've been worrying about my leg, and as I'm prepping for this sermon, I'm like, that's me, Jesus, and I need to repent. Because I know you've got me. I know you have the very best in mind for me. When we think and crave like the world, we will worry like the world. Because a mind that is not centered on God, like the Gentiles do, is a mind that has every cause to worry. But a faithful and a trusting Christian is anxious for nothing, like Paul says. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let his request known. And then finally, Jesus gives us a way out of worrying. Jesus says, instead of worrying about your needs, your want, worrying about stuff, worrying about things that you have no control over, how about you do this? Seek my kingdom and my righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you instead of worrying jesus wants us to seek his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto us what does it mean to seek his kingdom to seek god's kingdom is to seek his rule is to seek god's will and to seek his authority to seek god's kingdom is to seek god's rule his will And his authority to seek his righteousness is instead of longing after the things of this world we are to hunger and thirst for the things of the world to come because we know the things of the world to come are so much better than the things that we have now and this is all we have to do when we worry And I'm not going to tell you that's an easy thing to do. (laughs) Because I'm guilty like all of you guys. But I've been meditating on this word. Seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. And every other, everything else will fall in its proper place. You know, I've been been so blessed during this time. I've been blessed by, you know, some of you uh, just blessing us with meals. You know, I've been blessed with spending time with Isaac and learning about his caring side. He's always asking me, are you happy? I'm like, I don't go around asking your mom, are you happy? So where did you get that? Daddy, are you happy? Do you have a big owie? Are you okay? And so I'm staying home, Showing me the side of my son that I never thought I would saw, and that's that's because of my own fault. Because we have a rule in our house: you don't whine for anything. When Isaac starts whining, I tell him he needs to man up. <laughs> and so, and when I was broken, I was like, Oh, I hope he doesn't say, "Daddy, man up." <laughs> I'm like, I need to watch out some of the things I say to him. <laughs> Yeah, but God has been faithful, you know, through this time. Faithful through you guys, my church family. Faithful in how I know he's going to take care of us. And all I have to do is seek God and his righteousness and everything will fall in its proper place. And so I pray this for you. And as you go out this week, meditate on this word. You know, Jesus said, we will have many trials and tribulations, but take heart. He has overcome the world for us. We are victorious, and all we have to do is to put our hope and trust in him and to believe in the thousands of the promises that are here in the Bible for us, for his children. And so pray with me. Jesus, uh, thank you for your word. And we know your word is true because you cannot lie. You are holy and you have made us holy in your likeness. And so, thank you God for, because even in our weaknesses, you make us strong. And so I just pray that we will hold on to every word. We will hold on to all of your promises. I just pray that during moments where we are down, that we can just cast our eyes on you, the creator of everything, the giver of all good gifts, our Father, that may we rely on you for all we need and put our faith and trust in you as we seek your kingdom and your righteousness. Thank you for this, we ask in Jesus' name, amen.